you're able, please stand and join me for the call to worship. God calls us this day to a life of joy. With God, joy breaks through the bonds of despair. With God, joy bursts forth from moments of quiet pleasure. With God, joy gilds the edges of even ordinary days. This is the day God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning and welcome to worship here at Southside Baptist Church. It's a beautiful morning and it's good to see you all. Some who have not been with us in a while, who have been traveling, and we're glad that you're back. And others who have, uh, you're here for the first time, and we want to welcome you to Southside today. Southside Baptist Church in the heart of Five Point South, 
has as its mission building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. And we do that, as we say each week, by welcoming all who come in, doing all we can to encourage you and the use of your gifts in your life's journey, spiritual journey with Christ. Today, as we gather, we also would like to ask you to take the blue book at the end of each pew, and you can write in your name and your attendance here. And if there's any other information you'd like us to know, you can leave that as well. Today is a special day, and it's Sunday for one thing. It's the Lord's Day, but also it's a special day, and it's World Communion Sunday. We'll say more about that in just a few moments, but you see the table that's spread before us here, one that um, our worship committee has prepared for us, and we thank them for that, and we will celebrate communion later in the service today. Today, as we pass the peace of Christ, take a moment and speak to those by sharing Christ's presence with them, and let them know that you desire for the, and hope that the Spirit of Christ is with them, and the peace of Christ as well. is greeting one another here um, in the sanctuary. We want to say a word for you as well to greet you uh, that are listening to us either on our live YouTube stream or by way of recording. We welcome you to this hour. We hope that it will be meaningful to you. Um, even though you may not be a part directly of the World Communion uh, celebration that we will have here, you can see it obviously on the table, and we welcome your participation prayerfully and uh, thoughtfully as we continue to worship. Today is also a, a stewardship message, the story of the widow's mite, and I ask Dr. Kelly to lead us. It is good to see those and special guests who are with us. Uh, it's uh, nice to uh, welcome one another in the congregation. I, I mentioned uh, two things. Uh, once again, I won't just keep doing this, but because we are now live streaming, when I'm up here mumbling, I'm not just uh, losing myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm actually greeting those people who are on the, uh, uh, who are watching us by uh, live stream now on YouTube or by way of recording uh, after the fact. And uh, we welcome uh, you to share that information with anyone that they can check us on our, our YouTube channel. Uh, they may subscribe uh, to our um, broadcast. We uh, also want to make mention that you're hearing the organ this Sunday for the last Sunday for a week. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Next week, in fact, tomorrow, our, the organ uh, repair persons are coming uh, from Atlanta to take a large segment of the instrument out, take it to Atlanta, fix it, bring it back to us, but we will be without it next Sunday. So we're making good use of it today. Uh, Sarah has noted for me personally this morning, um, you know, it's, it's sort of like having a little something taken out of your heart. You know? <laughs> sending a child to camp, that's what Dr. Kelly says. Yes, that's right. Sending a child to camp is what he said. I, I, I agree with that. That's a good point. But uh, nonetheless, we, we are grateful for uh, all things, including this marvelous organ which is celebrating, you realize, this year its 50th anniversary. Um, this instrument was installed in 1968 here in the 
refurbishment of the sanctuary. Uh, and it's about that time, you know, to get some repairs done. So we will be without it next Sunday. We're not going to suddenly be um, uh, Church of Christ. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that bad joke. Um, we are, we will, yeah, I'm sorry. You guys know I'm a little bit irreverent about this thing. Uh, we will be using piano primarily and some unaccompanied uh, singing and such. We'll see how you do on the, the, uh, uh, the hymn singing next Sunday for that matter. This Sunday we are uh, also thinking in terms of stewardship. The, the story that we will hear of the widow's might in just a few moments during the scripture time. And the, the hymn that we will sing in just a moment is, a, uh, is addressing that issue. All things are yours. Um, in, indeed, everything that we have and that are uh, is the Lord's. May we go to prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of, of reflection, of worship, of learning. And may we hear these words and then go and do them. We thank you for them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. May we stand as we sing hymn 672, All Things Are Yours.
This morning's Old Testament scripture is taken from the 146th chapter of the book of Psalm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord all of my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortal men, those who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed. He gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the alien and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the way of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Our second scripture lesson for today is found in the Gospel of Mark, the 12th chapter, verses 38 through 44. In honor of the Gospel reading, would you stand as it's read? As he taught, Jesus said, Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted in banquets places and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished most severely. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money in the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, 
this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything all she had to live on. This is the word of the Lord. seated. Good morning. I'll come back over this way. I know you're brothers, but we can get a little bit closer than that. Come over here. Come on, Martin. Not too close to that, okay? <laughs> back this way. I want to show you something today because it's a special day here as we celebrate communion. Well, Martin, sit right here. Sit right here, okay? Now, today's World Communion Sunday, and I know this is a globe that's maybe a little bit... Uh, well, outdated in the sense that it's probably not, well, it's not up to date with all the countries as they are currently known. But you've seen one of these before, surely, haven't you? And you know what it, where you can find places that you live on it, you know, uh, it's at least what's replicated for what, yeah, that's right. You're right there. Now, you know, it's roughly, what, 11, a little bit after 11 o'clock here, you know, 11.20 or something like that in the morning. But you know, the day started way over here. Today's date started way back here. I know y'all talked about that in your science classes, right, in school. So today, before you got up, actually, while you were still up, yeah, come sit right here. While you were still getting ready yesterday to do some things, it was already a new day there. And people began to celebrate communion some of them very, very early on today's date. Now, when we think about that and about what we're, what's going on, it means that people from all over the world are celebrating communion today because it's World Communion Sunday. And that means that those who are believers in Christ have joined together and they will celebrate today. And I want you to walk around to the front of the table, if you will, for just a moment, right here. And you'll see there are breads from a lot of different places. See if you can figure out where some of those might be. We're not going to taste yet, though, okay? That's communion, but look, you've got some, ba there's some French bread, there's some Italian bread, there's some uh, challah, there's some pita's bread, there's some nain from India. Martin, come Afterwards, you can have some. But what we want to do is we want to remember, come right here, we want to remember that today when we come to the table and we receive bread, that there are people from the countries represented by these breads we have here that are also celebrating with us because we are bound together with them through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we want to give thanks and we want to pray for them as we think about all around the world. We want to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. So let's do that now, okay, before we go back to our places.
That's at the end of the month. Right before All Saints Day. Okay? And we'll celebrate that then. Let's bow together. Lord, we thank you for this day and for the promise you have made to us that we are one in you. Thank you for redeeming us, calling us to be your own, allowing us to follow you closely. Pray that you would remind us of our brothers and sisters around the world, and we thank you for them and for all those who've gone before us as well. In Christ's name. If uh, you don't look quite right at the bulletin, it looked like I was going to do the children's lesson, and that would just be scary. Um, but equally as um, challenging is a stewardship testimony. I know none of us really care for um, this topic, typically. Um, but during the month of October, it is our stewardship month, and um, the deacons wanted to make sure that we were um, emphasizing that and um, sharing those testimonies that we have with you all. So this morning, it is uh, my privilege to share with you my uh, stewardship testimony. Um, growing up in a preacher's home, stewardship means something different. Um, stewardship means food on the table, gas in the car. Stewardship means that brand name cereal is just too expensive. My father is the son of a preacher. His mother is the daughter of a preacher. As a second slash third kid, I learned stewardship as a preacher's kid as well. When I was doing summer missions, when I was leading children's ministries or youth group trips, working around the world, sharing God's love, stewardship paid my bills, put food on my table, clothes on my back, power to my lights. When I was just starting out in the grown-up world of work, stewardship was taking that small amount out first before anything else. For me, stewardship has always been beneficial. It's always shown its benefits to me. I give because it's what we are called to do. I give because it makes me appreciate what I have. I give because my life has depended on others doing the same. As we enter into this month of stewardship, I hope you will take a moment to realize how you can do more with what you have been given. I hope we can strengthen the foundation of this congregation and ensure its presence for years to come. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I ask if you would bow with me in prayer as we bring our needs before the Lord and as we certainly celebrate on this day the blessings we have and also the relationships we have through Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, from the very beginning to this very moment, you have watched over us attentively. You have nurtured your creation you have breathed life into those you created, and you sustain life, the very breath that you breathe, breathe every day. Oh, Lord, you led your people, those that are called by your name, out of bondage, and you established for them 
a nation, but you also have longed to create a people who would care for one another as you spoke simple truths about integrity and justice. I ask, O oh Lord, that you would fill our worship today with signs that are more precious than all that we value, utterances of our very spirit that express to you the depth of our gratitude and our thanksgiving. You came, Lord, not to build a kingdom that would be oppressive and leave people struggling, but you came to build a foundation of faith. You came not to choose sides like we do, but you came that we might know peace and experience it fully and know how it can bring us together. Jesus, you came not worrying about what lay ahead of you, and you did so so that we could see your kingdom prepared for us. Oh, Lord, fill us and strengthen us with your spirit, with your grace that is more precious than any of our deepest fears. Oh, Lord, we oftentimes cling to those things that hold us back. We ask that you would help us empty our arms of those loads and put those burdens down. When we hesitate to stand with those who are lost and those who are disenfranchised, you nudge us forward, Lord, with the wind of justice. May we have courage to follow. Fill our worship, O oh Lord, with your peace, that which is greater and more precious than the brokenness that we hold on to in this temporal world. O oh Lord, Renew within us a right spirit. Enable us to see and hear your voice clearly as you give us direction. May we follow with great courage as we demonstrate our gratitude for the love, mercy, and grace we have experienced. Now, O oh Lord, would you hear us as we offer the words from our hearts, praying as Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
as Chris has already stated, that we are beginning a stewardship emphasis for this month. Hopefully we don't stop at the end of the month, but we'll continue on because stewardship is a major part of our discipleship of going as a Christian. I'll have to admit it's a little bit difficult. Sometimes we don't ask or don't, don't speak enough about stewardship as it relates to financial matters. We always talk about asking people to be involved and to do things. I think it, much, it seems a little easier to ask for that than it does to ask and teach people or teach all of us that gather to that we are here and as we grow together in Christ we understand our responsibility as a part of a member of the kingdom but also that it's it enriches our life it enriches us as we do so you might ask the question and as I did you know communion Sunday stewardship emphasis how do you blend those two can they be because stewardship we think about money and we we try to sort of keep a, a distance in a way about preaching about it too much because it seems as though it puts pressure on people and people will quickly respond to that in negative ways more than anything else in the world. You know, if you could talk about a lot of things, but you start talking about people's money, they get very sensitive. You know, I, th I think that in itself probably teaches a great deal, but I, I do think that there is a, a way to, to look at this as though from the perspective that Jesus taught and certainly our text for today. We need to nurture a right understanding of what it means to express our thanksgiving to God by what we offer in our tithes and offerings. Those resources that we have and the way we use them speaks volumes about who we are and what we value, things that are really important to us. And so it is important that we focus on that and we emphasize that there was a comedian of the last century many of you won't even know the name but some of us do of uh, the name of Jack Benny I know a lot of you remember him as comedian he had that uncanny way of delivering a joke with this deadpan silence and these mannerisms that were uh, just over overly stated and on one occasion he was doing a sketch and the sketch had him on the street. I should go back and say, too, that he was known as being extremely frugal, maybe even cheap. And in this particular sketch, he was walking down the street, and someone comes up behind him and puts a gun in his back and said, this is a stick-up, your money or your life. And Jack Benny, just long pause. And the robber says, well... And Jack Benny says, well, give me a minute. I'm still trying to decide. <laughs> well, his treasure, by the, by the way that he lived, the persona he tried to, he's holding on to every penny, was, uh, and not wanting to give much away, at least that was the persona he tried to project, uh, made it sound like he might be more concerned about that money than he was even his own life. We do know this, wherever our treasure is, there our heart will be also. Wherever our treasure is, our heart will be there also. And even though we don't really want to talk about money too much, we know that Jesus spent a lot of time talking about it. In fact, 16 of the 38 parables talk about money and possessions and how to use them. In the Gospels, one out of 10 verses deal directly with the subject of money. 
In the Bible, there are 500 verses that, on prayer. There are less than 500 on faith. But there are more than 2,000 verses that speak on money and possessions. Now, we might say, well, why is, that, why is it that way? Because we don't emphasize it that much. But I think we all know that it seems to be, we've seen it misused and misguided, and it's more about, perceived as being more about the getting than it is about how it is used for the furtherance of the work of the kingdom of God. To put the events of the gospel in perspective, I think we need to, to think about that and also look at what occurred when this account was written, what Jesus was doing at that time, where he was in his own journey, because it occurs during the Passion Week. It was a week when there was a lot of activities going on. Jesus was facing the end of his life here on earth. He likely traveled every day from the Mount of Olives into the, into the city of Jerusalem or into the temple, and there he would teach. Text. As you went into that area, as this text is read, we read earlier, there were the court of the Gentiles, and there was also the court of the women and of the Israelites, but the, the court of the women had receptacles in there that would be places that you would place an offering. And when you put that money in there, it was in what they called, there were 13 of these, they were called, they were called trumpets, they were collection bins like, but they were made of metal, and they had sort of a funnel shape on them. And when you toss coins in it, what would happen? You'd make a lot of noise. If you put a lot of coins in there, it would make a lot of noise. And so Jesus has positioned himself and sitting there maybe resting from teaching, and he's sitting there watching what's going on, looking to see who all is coming by, knowing that his life likely will end in just a few days. And whether he knows firmly of that, we do know that that's what occurs. The widow goes and drops two little copper coins in. Two little coins. The actual value of that is worth about, would have been worth about 10 minutes of a male's uh, wages during that time. That's all she had. And she put it in there in that collection bin. And as she did, we know what Jesus responded, how he responded. That she had given more than all the others because she gave out of her poverty. And they gave out of their wealth. You know, to me, the widow dropping this in is sort of a, a picture drawn by the words of C.S. Lewis when he said that Christian, that Christian charity is neither Christian or charity unless our giving cramps our style and causes us to sacrifice some needs as well as luxuries. And then he goes on to say, and that's just a starting point. That's not the terminus. A few years ago, I think I sort of got a particular person a little bit upset with me when I, we were talking about how to, the various things and how we grow in our understanding of, of stewardship and I made the comment, well, you know, if maybe if we all would just give as much as we give for our favorite hobby, just whatever it is. If you go to football games, how much do you spend on the tickets? Well, just maybe give that much. It may be 
more than you're giving, or it may be even a tenth of what, you, what your income is. It didn't go over very well, <laughs> as you might imagine, because it was um, a little bit on the, on the side of meddling a little bit. But the idea and the concept is, is true, that if we think about it in that regard, that, that we, we give so that we give out of our duty, our responsibility, but most importantly, because of our love for God and what Christ has done for us. The widow gave all, sacrificial. She gave with total trust, complete commitment. There was no reservation. She was going to give that regardless. And you know, this is, in many ways, a picture of what we experience in the life of Christ. Think about what happened right after this event. Jesus was arrested soon after that, imprisoned, tried, mock trial, then crucified. He gave all he had, everything he had, total commitment, complete trust. Giving as she gave, the widow, people would, might say it's reckless. Well, you know, you should save some for yourself. Don't give it all. Save some for yourself. Don't, if you, even if you're led, don't give it all. Save some. But in her mind, she was doing exactly what she was called to do. And in that act of giving, sacrificial gift, total trust, and complete commitment, she did exactly what Jesus did later with his own life. And what it does is it is a part of the preparation of this table before us today. It enables us to understand that we are called with our brothers and sisters around the world to discern what our role is in this world, to be as strong as we can as we carry the message of Christ. When we take, in, take part in Holy Communion, we're also mindful that, as Paul instructs us, we are to discern the body. That is to look around, who, who has needs, what problems are there? And as we do, and as we're able to see that, that we take action in, in that regard. It enables us to do exactly what Jesus said when he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness to the prisoners. Or maybe our giving and our discipleship might also be enable us to stay, stay with more confidence that, Lord, we did feed the hungry. We did give those who were thirsty something to drink. Those who were stranger, we did invite them in. Those who needed clothes, we tried to clothe them as best we could. Those who were sick, we visited, and those who were in prison, we went to see. In our giving from what we have, time, talents, and resources, all that we are, everything we are, is from God. Every breath we draw is from God. And if that is the case, then we owe everything to God. I've heard it said that really, as far as our giving of our time, talents, and resources, that the better thing would be to, instead of saying, well, how much am I going to give back to God of my resources, and say, how much of God's resources am I going to keep to meet my needs?
Today we come to this table. And as we do so, we come with our brothers and sisters from around the world. And we come to receive communion. And as we do, we come and see all of this spread before us. Bread representing countries from around the world. And we know that in our family of faith here, if there's one that is hurting and has needs, we want to meet those needs here collectively, but also around the world. If we see our brothers and sisters on another continent that are suffering, it should pain our hearts. If we see someone in another part of town that is hurting, that's oppressed, it should also pain our hearts. Because the one who provided this table also came, redeemed us, set us free, forgave us, has bestowed all of his love, mercy, and grace upon us, and we are the recipients. We come and we receive the bread that is here, and as we do, we, we will receive that which is broken. As Jesus gave to his disciples, he broke it, he gave it to them, and said, this is my body that's given for you. And then he also took the cup. And after he had blessed it, he gave it to them and told them that this is the new covenant in my blood. That as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show that you remember what has what I have done, but also that you enter in to Christ's suffering as well and all those who've gone before. In just a moment, we will receive from this table the bread and the cup. Chris Fisher's going to come and help me serve here at the front, and as we do, we will um, serve the choir first, and then you can come forward and receive as, as our normal custom. Those who aren't able to come forward, Marilyn is going to take one of the cups to, to you. Would you pray with me as we give God thanks for this table? Oh, Lord, for all your provisions, we thank you. But for none so much as we do for our gift of salvation through you. We thank you also for the relationship we have with all other believers around this world because the tie that binds us together is one that cannot be broken. Feed us now, Lord. And may we join you at this table and may we celebrate what you have done and are doing and will do in our lives and the lives of those that we walk along our path with. All these things, Lord, we ask in your name.
him a promise today, hymn 457. As we sing, if you have prayers that you would like, a prayer request you would like to make known to us, then do so. Or if you decide that you'd like to come and be a part of this church fellowship or to um, say that you want to begin your journey, you come and I will receive you here at the front. Will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for the many gifts we're given over our lives. Thank you for the air we breathe. Thank you for the wonderful blue skies. Thank you for the rain we receive. Thank you for all of our sustenance. Please help us today to give back to you a portion of what we've been so freely given and help us to do this with a glad heart. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
loving Lord, we present these tithes and offerings. We bring them cheerfully into this place, asking that you would bless them, multiply them, and to be used, that the suffering of others, the difficulties they face, might be relieved, and that others might come to know your love, mercy, and grace. Amen. Should we be seated for just a moment, please? Today is, uh, I meant to say early on at the, um, at, at the welcome time that uh, Dr. Roxborough was away on uh, fall break. School is out at Sanford, so he took advantage of that and also to celebrate his birthday. But, also, but that, uh, they will be back on Wednesday, or he and, he and Gwen will, but also uh, just to pray for him as he travels. It's always good to be in the Lord's house to be able to share, whether it's here in worship, Sunday school, Bible studies, or as we gather for um, times of fellowship, as we will at the end of worship there in the narthex. So we invite all of those who are our uh, guests today, but also all of you to stop long enough to have some lemonade and cookies, and they will, maybe we'll have a chance to speak to you as well. As we prepare, take notice of all of those events in the, in worship, in the um, order of events, the calendar uh, for the week, and hopefully we will see you at those. Now may you receive the blessing. Oh Lord, we ask that the tie that binds us together, even Jesus Christ our Lord, would guard our hearts, and that as we go, we would be bearers of joy and of peace to the world in which we live. Amen. Mm -hmm. 